Hello and welcome to Into the Multi-Voice, Big Daddy Gaming's official news and discussion podcast. I'm Mel. I just woke up from a nap. Who are the rest of you people? It's Kevin, SML Captain. I'm the guy who does all the art and the guy who writes your yesterday's news. Yeah, I'm Solo Mail. I, I like playing games two years after they're popular. <laughs> nice. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all, I swear. All right. So... News is going to get a little heavy today, so let's keep things on the lighter side by talking <laughs> about some games. Uh, who would like to go first? Solo, why don't you try it first this time? Uh, I finally got around to playing Resident Evil 2 Remake because it was uh, on sale with Steam Summer Sale, so um, nice. it's actually my first time playing any game in the Resident Evil series at all, so that was interesting. I was going to okay. say, like, how is, it, how is it different? But then I'm realizing that you haven't played Resident Evil before, so for you, it's it's all uphill, I guess all downhill from here. You get to play yeah, I've, different I've versions? A lot of people, I've seen a lot of people talk about Resident Evil, like the franchise in the past, but, you know, I've never actually gotten a chance to play it before. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like, I mean, I knew that Resident Evil 2 remake was good and that it was in the RE engine, you know, and that and everything. So, you know, I, when it was on sale, I decided to get it. And, yeah, I... I got through Leon's story, and I haven't made it through Claire's story yet. So I'm kind of mm -hmm. plinking away at that at, uh, over time. Over time, you know. Nice, mm. right? And uh, but yeah, it's uh, I had a really good time overall. And uh, I mean, I have a lot of experience with like the horror or survival horror genre in general. Like, I I mean, I played through Amnesia, I played through Soma, I played through Alien Isolation, and I'm familiar. And I'm very, very, very familiar with Dark Souls, which First, first Dark Souls game. It, it's honestly quintessential survival survival horror with Castlevania, uh, with Castlevania flavor, you know. So, um, but yeah, this is like my, yeah, this is this, yeah. There's only so many different ways I could say this. My first one, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, like the, so yeah, the the game runs in the R engine, of course, like. Uh, for some reason, my computer hates trying to use uh, Discord at the same time. But other than that, it ran really well. Nice. And, you know, it's like it's got all like the the like, benefits of that in-house engine from Capcom. You know, it's got like got like all, all, all the cool bells and whistles, you know, that makes it really look next gen without like without being like too overwhelmingly uh, strenuous on hardware, you know, and uh, which really like helps with the atmosphere because like the lighting is super well made, you know, like, and it really like has this incredible contrast between like when you, you have like the main hall, for example, which has like a, a warm glow that's, that uh, makes it feel more, more safe than the other areas, which tend to be there like lit by moonlight or just almost pitch black or uh, have like some, so some sort of like cold sterile lighting, you know, so and uh yeah like and like the one thing that I, I kept thinking is well this game doesn't use tank controls so it's gotta be a lot easier than doing it the normal nope. way and uh, <laughs> yeah it turns out that it's um it gives you just enough control to make you feel like you you the game doesn't suck but like that's about it <laughs> so yeah, it's it'll kick you yeah, I, I I was doing all right with aim, but you know, aim doesn't matter if you need to empty three magazines just to kill one single zombie, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, like um, like one thing that really stood out to me was like the boss fights. You know, they're they're pretty basic boss fights, but like mm -hmm. after that, I have to like like fight all of them 
like Taurus Demon, where uh, where I navigate their attacks very carefully, like with spacing, you know, mm-hmm. like while also like trying to manage my own ability to attack. Um, like it, it just like it did feel very like uh, like very involved and weighty, you know. Yeah. And I don't know how else to say that, but like, yeah, like ends. <clears throat> Let's see. Yeah, I, th- I think that thinking back to Amnesia, you know, like Amnesia did a way better job at like being like really genuinely terrifying overall, but like Resident Evil 2 was like, I think it was like a more competent game, like from just start to finish, you know, like it, it didn't have to be like, uh, like, like the, the shooting mechanics and like the inventory management and uh, with, for the puzzles really like, uh, really made it more engaging to like for like more than a few hours you know like in amnesia and you, you all you can do is just walk around and flee from enemies and hide you know and uh, when you're not solving puzzles so like there's not as much you can uh milk from that you know to to make it interesting for longer periods of time but you know i felt like resident evil 2 was like just genu- genuinely more interesting to play overall yeah the the remake is is really well done. Yeah, I could tell. Like, like it barely felt like a PS one PS one game. Like almost at any point, you know, just other than mm-hmm. the fact that like it's really back to basics for the series. Just like the yeah. fact that everything. Yeah. They like remade. Like I heard that they like added the stairs to the police station where it used to be a stupid ladder that didn't make any sense for the building yeah. to have. You know, like they they did stuff like that to make it feel like an actual place. Since they mm-hmm. weren't using any of those camera angles anymore, they could do more with it. Are you planning on playing the rest of the Resident Evil series, or is this interesting more of them? I think I'll buy Resident Evil Three when it's on sale later, and uh, I know I want to play Resident Evil Four eventually, but I don't know if I want to wait till the remake or not. <laughs> I would say no because that's a game that really doesn't need a remake. Like that's it could probably true. it could probably take a graphical overhaul, but even then, like. It still looks really good. And that game came out in what, like 2004? Yeah, and like, there's been um there's been light updates to it. Like I I know it got released on later consoles. I don't know how much of a graphical overhaul it got on those consoles. Yeah, it's just that like playing the idea of playing a sixth or seventh generation console game ported directly to PC just always uh, scares me a little bit. <laughs> if it helps, it's probably one of the it's it's easily the best in the series. So I think they've it's worth a shot. We'll say. Yeah, I know that. I'm definitely considering it. Cool. All right. What about you, Kevin? What'd you play? Um, so I've been playing uh, through. Well, I mean, I'm right now. I'm reviewing a game called The Falconeer, mm-hmm. which is um, it's kind of a fantasy world where it's mostly ocean, and you're these. You play the story of several different of the people who are riding these giant falcons who are either like fighting for the military or defending their hometown or something. It's it's not bad. It just for a game that the premise is you're riding on the backs of falcons shooting other people on the backs of other falcons. It's not very exciting. Like it just feels like it could have it feels like it could have been a lot cooler than it is or maybe I'm just too early in the game to have seen the cool parts, but I'm just not quite feeling it yet. Oh. And I hope that eventually they they give me some super sick, nasty bird action death fights in the air because come on, like it doesn't seem like it should be that hard. Yeah, 
I mean, if that's what your premise is, that's like the most straightforward thing for you to go for. Yeah, I just it's what I want, and it's and don't get me wrong, like it start the game started off with um like a kind of like the tutorial section showing how things work, and you're playing as like you know this total badass captain who's just wrecking everything and firing missiles and electric blasts, and you're flying through storm clouds, and you're like, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, now it's your turn to play as a humble farm boy who has just come out of training and is learning how to protect his city. You're like, boring! Give me the cool stuff! I want to so, be the badass! So, I'm hoping that after I finish this this kind of little farm boy section, that it ends up becoming like that, and I can start feeling like I want to in a game worth like this. So, hopefully it turns out to be pretty awesome. So that's okay. my hope right now. Um, right. Other than other than that, I've been playing um, Castlevania: Order of Ecclesia. Oh yeah, because <clears throat> where Solo and I were talking before, where um, Metroid Dread is coming out, I've yes. come up with the idea of I'm going to play a whole bunch of different Metroidvania games, and I'm just going to see who does what better. Mm-hmm. And so, Order of Ecclesia is probably the best of the DS Castlevania games. Um, and it's great because you'll play this game. Like so, have you played any of the the DS Castlevanias? No, uh, I'm not like Metroidvanias, and I have never gotten along. So okay. So the difference between a DS Castlevania and a regular Castlevania game is that um, these are much more grind heavy in Ugh. a way. Not, not not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. So the idea is in. The first one, you play as a guy who um, can absorb the souls of the enemies around him. And so you have to kill... Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So you'll get, get like, um, attack souls, you'll get support souls, and some that boost your stats. Mm -hmm. And the deal is that you don't know when an enemy is going to drop its soul. So you have to sometimes go back and, like, you know, kill a bajillion zombies before one of them drops one that lets you eat spoiled food. Or something like that. So it's not so much like I have to grind to get experience, it's I have to kill a million monsters to hope they drop the thing I'm looking for. Okay. So it's not it's not as bad as that is. Anyway, so there were three of them. The first one was all about that guy with souls. The second one was a team of people who could like go into mystical portraits that had evil demonic power. Mm-hmm. So you had to like defeat all the bosses inside these portraits. And the third one is the one that I'm playing right now is this girl named Shinoa who has been tasked with um, absorbing glyphs into her body. So enemies will drop these glyphs that you can turn into, like, weapons and stuff. And so okay. what's cool about it is the idea how it works is you'll play through this whole story and you'll be, like, saving people in a village that's, like, your home hub, and then after it's all said and done, if you collect, if you save all the people, then instead of when you beat what you think is the final boss, a whole second game opens up, essentially. Oh, and geez. so now instead of going level to level, you're now going through an entire Dracula-style castle. So it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so I've been playing that for the last probably week or two, just off and on. And it's great. I'm having a really good time with it. So awesome. I'm hoping that it doesn't, you know, drop at the finish line. <laughs> That's always the hope with these games, isn't it? Yeah, for real. Don't fuck up the ending. Don't fuck up the ending. <laughs> All so right. what are you playing? Oh, I played World's End Club. Oh, tell it's me how Danganronpa made a thing. Oh, okay, that's that's everything I needed to hear. How how is it not good? 
So, um, it's, it's not really, so I kind of went in, I, I hadn't been spoiled on most of it, thankfully. I had seen, like, the initial trailer that was in the Nintendo Direct, and that's about it, but, um, I had the impression that the death game was going to be a bigger part of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I lived for that shit. Like, I love Danganronpa, I love the Battle Royale movie, like, mm-hmm. that's my shit. And... <laughs> <laughs> This was not that. This was not that. It um so like it starts off with like showing you the characters getting basically like the bad ending of the game. Which like yeah. okay, that that's fine. That's pretty standard stuff, you know. And then it rewinds. And it's a bunch of kids and they're in a bus like going on a school trip to some nearby town just outside of Tokyo and a um like a Comet crashes down on Tokyo, they all get knocked out. And they wake up in an underground, not underground, underwater music park. Yeah, an underwater music park. And they are told by this weird little thing that, like, is very much trying to be the bear from Danganronpa. And did the theme song have wacky, uh, wacky vocalizations to it? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Um, and I actually liked the design of this character. I thought she was pretty cute and interesting, but the, um, it's like, oh, we're gonna play, and they, they say a game of fate, which I was like, oh, so this is for 10-year-olds, okay. Yeah. We're never actually gonna see anyone die. Fine. <laughs> and then it's like, the entire thing will take place within one hour. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And... What's really upsetting is the premise for this game it had was really cool in that um, the kids all have a wristband on, and mm-hmm. the wristband has a t- everyone has a task they need to accomplish in order to win, and like they okay. win they get to go everyone else yeah doesn't and um but the thing is is that their wristband has other people's tasks. So everyone so, has to figure out what their theirs is from whoever, but nobody wants to tell anyone because then they would be able to do it and win, you know? Yeah. And it, and it ranges. It's like one person, one person's is like just be the last one standing, and another person's mm-hmm. is eat a marshmallow. <laughs> Which like everyone in the game asks acts like this is like the easiest. Thing and oh my god, we can't let her find out that that's her mm-hmm. task. But also, like, this is a decrepit underwater amusement park. Where the yeah, hell are you, you getting a marshmallow? marshmallow? Yeah, yeah maybe so you could find some cotton candy. So <laughs> you you play this thing, and it's like this is a tutorial section. It takes maybe I it told there was an hour timer click ticking down in the top corner, and I think I finished it in fifteen minutes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's not <laughs> lengthy. Terribly and... difficult. Yeah, so it, I, f- I finish this up, and then you like get sent out into the world because you 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 win, and then you get the key that's supposed to unlock the door. But instead of unlocking the door, you unlock the machine that's supposed to be consuming and basically liquefying all your friends. And actually, all your friends inside are alive. Hooray! Hooray! Uh, and I was like, oh no. Because some of them are, <laughs> so it's it's doing that thing that 
Danganronpa does, where, like, everyone has, like, one character trait to start, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you would presume, eventually, we're going to realize, oh, they're more than that, or, like, we're going to at least have fun with what there is is there while the character is here kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, uh, they're just it's all just- kind of annoying. Like there are a few, I, I there are a few I liked, but the most of them I just found pretty grating because it's like, uh, yeah, the fat kid always wants to have food. Great. Ugh. As a bigger girl was- myself, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I always want pretty one dimensional. So that's, that's that's pretty accurate, though. <laughs> yeah, but when it's his only personality trait, I can't. And so they get out into the world, and it turns out in that however long they were knocked out, a whole year has passed. Like, oh my god. And there's now you have to just kind of try and get home to Tokyo and try and find people along the way. And there's a supercomputer that's like controlling everything. And these weren't monsters. And it's just not. It's, it's like they tried to make their own. It tried to make they tried to make a spin-off of like their own concept and it didn't work. Yeah, it, it really feels like they started from this idea and then like changed their mind partway through. And it's eventually revealed that like the kids were all brainwashed and the only way to break the brainwashing was to make them think they were in a life-threatening situation, which was what that whole beginning section was about. Of and course. I was like, okay, fine, I just feel lied to though. <laughs> Yeah, for real. So the, the, you're telling me that a group of kids were told that to escape from a life-threatening situation, and then you find out that there is an apocalypse outside of that situation? Yeah, like, the apocalypse <laughs> is outside. Why are we... I wonder why I've heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, and so... Um, it, so the writing is... At that point, because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I was training them for, like, for an apocalypse outside of the... Anyway. Yeah. The... Oh. Um, the the problem is is that a lot of it feels like the plot points were made up as it went along, mm-hmm. and there is um it'll branch the story occasionally. You have to pick one of two groups of kids to go with, and that'll like they'll have their own things, and you reconverge, and it splits again, and you reconverge, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, first off, I I just always chose the group of characters that was less annoying, which I'm pretty sure that's not what they wanted me to do. And, um, second off, it would not let me immediately go back and do that second branch, like my gamer instincts told me to. Oh, I have to go and redo the whole thing? You have to get all the way through ending one, then you can go back and do all of those. And I almost, like, ending one comes out of fucking nowhere when you first (laughs) play it. Like... They're in the helicopter, and they see Tokyo, and they're like, yeah, and then the helicopter explodes. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's no fanfare. It, like, shows them talking inside. They look outside, and they're like, oh my god, the city's basically gone. And then the helicopter just fucking explodes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, um, okay. I mean, you know how, how like safe it is to be inside a helicopter in a video game, you know? Yeah, so it's like, I must go. My people need me. Yeah, and the, the worst thing is there's a lot of that. Like it's it, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's just you know it's messy and it's yeah. not super well done compared to its contemporaries. 
For sure. And I could forgive a lot if it was actually fun to play, mm. but the gameplay sections are not fun. <laughs> like, th there's three different th things you can do. There's the story segments, which, you know, story... It's basically a visual novel, except you just see all the kids on screen. There's no, like, nice cut-in images. There's just, like, a little picture of their face next to the words. Yeah. Um, there's camp segments, which is, like, you can go around and talk to each kid and see how they feel about the situation. Or you can entirely skip it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, usually after that, there will also be, like, another shorter story section, like, built into the camp section. So it's basically another story section. Mm -hmm. And then there's the act stages. And those are the ones where you actually have to do the 2D platforming that the game is supposedly built around. And it sucks. <laughs> like, your jump is pitiful. And you'll always be in, like, a group of two or three kids. You are very rarely, like, on your own. So you're playing as one with just, like, two running behind you the whole time. Mm -hmm. And the kids have special powers that slowly get unveiled through the story, you know? And... You would think this would lead to some really interesting puzzle solving, where it's like, <laughs> ah, yes, I have these three kids. These are the three powers I have access to. No. The second that it's like, oh, we're going to do a different power, the kids stop. They talk about how someone else's power might be more useful, and then it puts you in the shoes of that kid. Oh. It doesn't even let me think about it. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that really sucks. Yeah, and like the these segments aren't particularly long. Like I I they're they are nominally a third of the game, but I think they were actually closer to maybe a little over a quarter. Mm -hmm. Like the 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 balancing of them is not equal. And sure. the worst part is is that I would be playing them and I would do literally sometimes a minute or two of like running or platforming or puzzle solving or whatever and it would stop to have the kids talk they were just oh. constantly stopping me so even when i wasn't in a story segment i felt like i was in a story segment oh that sucks yeah it's just it's not good i know that the game saw its like initial preview release kind of thing on apple arcade which, oh, that makes a little more sense. It makes a little more sense then. I, I feel like this was conceptualized as a mobile game, but they realized that the audience they were going for might not be the mobile game audience. Mm -hmm. And I have found that people who started back when it was a mobile game, which initially like that would only let you play through the first ending, mm -hmm. Or at least I think that's how it was. It like there were it was like slowly released, and then around the time of the first ending, it stopped, and then they you didn't get like the final act until the switch release, and then it came out on there as well. As far as I, as far as I yeah. understand, I wasn't following this at the time. This is just me picking it up second hand, mm -hmm. and I've noticed that people who started with it as a mobile game tend to be the ones who like it more. Which, makes sense. That makes a lot They're more invested. sense to me. As, well, not only are they invested, if you were getting these story segments in little chunks every like week or two... That's fair. I feel like it flows a lot better, but me do, sitting out, sitting down and grinding it out over a weekend, mm -hmm. I, 
it it felt messy. And so I I just didn't have a good time and I feel bad because it the game looks fine. The voice acting is great. Like the entire cast turned it out even for the characters I freaking hated. Uh-huh. But I it, the story feels like they were kind of making up as they go along and there were too many ideas in there, you know? Yeah. Like there's this one little girl who's with you the whole time and like her thing is like nobody pays attention to her despite the fact that her brother these kids are all in the same class. This girl and her older brother are in the same class. Which that n- not in that's not how school works. I, not entirely impossible. Like depending on when their birthdays fell, it could technically happen, I think. Mm-hmm. But these kids range, they're supposed I looked it up. They're supposed to be 12. All of them are supposed to be 12. They're like the sixth grade. They range between looking like they're six years old and 16. <laughs> like, nobody took, like, if it had just told me they're not from Tokyo, they're from this really small town, and so, like, there's only one teacher for this entire group of kids, I would have believed <laughs> that more. <laughs> than you tried to tell me they're all 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um... But, like, there's this girl and, like, her things that no one pays attention to her. And then it's revealed the reason no one pays attention to her is because she's a ghost. And I was like... (laughs) Oh, so she's literally invisible, so... Yeah, and, like, three people out of the group are able to actually see her. And it's like, okay, yeah, I guess this is an anime trope. I guess. But then it's revealed, actually, no. (laughs) She's in a tank somewhere. And it's like, I'm kind of losing the thread here on what's going on with this little girl. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, her powers are basically, like, is a ghost, so nobody can see her, and she can sometimes make things move. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it's like, okay. And then another character revealed to be a robot, and that's a whole nother thing. (laughs) It's it's doing way more than it is capable of. Yeah, for real. That's really bizarre. Yeah, it's it's weird, but not in a good way. Which is a shame, because when I saw the initial trailer, I thought it could be fun, but it just isn't. Like, I, I can sometimes forgive story things if the gameplay is awful, is good, but if the gameplay is good, I can forgive things, but the gameplay is also awful, so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give it the lowest score. My review should be coming out soon-ish from when we're recording, and I'm, I gave it our second score. I told said it was a problem child. Yeah. And that's about where I'm falling on it. Like, it's not unplayable. But nobody should buy it. <laughs> well, especially if you, not if you have uh, Apple Arcade. If you have Apple Arcade, just play it on your phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's fabulous. Last game I have on our list is Solo. You and I both played some Balloons Tower Defense Six. Yeah, there's a, there's a really neat new update. Yeah, the um they added the whole new Paragon system with two of the characters in it yeah and, and they they reintroduced bosses from bloons monkey city 
except yeah. they're like they're like freaking like uh, Thanos levels of strong, you know. <laughs> I haven't tried any of those out, but I have been starting the grind to unlock Paragon for some of my monkeys. But the the unfortunate thing is they did it for the basic dart monkey and the boomerang monkey, two that I rarely use. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually use them a lot. Like, especially in the mid game. Like, dart, like, dart monkey is excellent for mid game. Like the the middle. Like, if you get triple dart and uh, and camo detection, then it's a really excellent uh, cost to performance tower for early mm -hmm. on. And of course, crossbow master is one of the better tier five towers in terms of cost effectiveness because of how much pierce and range it has, and like. And how many times you can crit, and the fact that you can get two of them at the same time. If you have monkey knowledge and the boomerang, of course, it's like a it's like a staple of of super ceramic handling with like the top path. Oh yeah, I, I definitely go for the glaive lord whenever I do throw one in there. But I'm more liable to use. Um, I know they're expensive, but I, I do like them a lot. I tend to use wizards and druids a lot. Yeah, those are fun too, but like on the other hand, uh, the cool thing that boomerang monkeys and start monkeys have is that they have primary training and primary mentoring, which is yeah, that's true. Pretty, signif pretty significant buffs actually, like with the range and attack speed and pierce. You know, like it's pretty significant. And also, bottom path boomerang monkey is like a is a is a mainstay in in challenge runs when you need to dissolve moabs a little bit. You know. Mm -hmm. um, so oh yeah, like it makes sense that they would only have two paragons right now because. Like this update is very scalable, basically. Like they added the like they basically like lay down foundation for Paragon towers in the future. You know, like it's very it's something that would be very difficult to design for. You know, like you have to figure out how to like how to balance like like how to how to like make a combination of three completely different types of upgrades viable in the late game. You know, like because like Paragons are so expensive that there's literally nothing, no way you can afford them normally. Like, unless you're going in, like, past, like, the round 100, because yeah. you need to, like, farm, farm, farm for them, you know? And, well, uh, my big disappointment with them, which I, I hadn't played for a while before this update, like, I just, um, in my playing a little bit of it yesterday and today, I, I finally got around to unlocking that, uh, the Gatling gun monkey that they added back in. And um, the thing that's always disappointed me without, with this version of Loon's Tower Defense, which I love the series, I've played it since the first one, but I hate that I have to sit there and grind experience on them in order to be able to unlock their trees. And the Paragon has just made that more apparent because the experience requirement to unlock it if you don't want to pay real cash is insane. Yeah, like I, th I think I see what you mean. Like, uh, like it can be a little bit annoying early on. To, like, if once you start, when you start a save file, it like because like it kind of limits what you can really do with that save mm -hmm. file for a, for a little while. Uh, but like, I actually had like way more experience than was necessary to unlock the paragons when I by the time. Oh I yeah, them, and like, I I didn't actually have a lot of XP compared to like my other towers I was actually using. Yeah, as someone who rarely throws, like, instead of doing the, um, 
dart monkey, I tend to go for the ninja monkey because it has it, the built-in camo detection from the beginning. So I, I tend to favor that. So as someone who hadn't even unlocked the fourth tier upgrade for these, like, I don't think I'm going to be spending the time to grind out the experience to get them Paragon. Yeah, and, and as for the bosses, um, it feels like the bosses and the Paragons actually go hand in hand because, like, you're... Mm -hmm. because the bosses are so overwhelmingly powerful, and and you're not allowed to pause between rounds, so you need to think through everything properly. So basically, yeah. um, so basically, what I'm getting at is that you have to like uh, you have to farm aggressively to get like the most powerful possible towers. Like I literally had to get the like the most powerful vengeful monkey tower by around 120 in order to stand any chance whatsoever with the elite version because like it's designed to be like completely like limit breaking with like how just like how how hard you need to aggressively like work towards getting maximum power in order to stand any chance because that's 40 million health when like the normal bosses have like 500 <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's... like uh i managed to do it like just a couple hours after the update dropped and that was a pretty satisfying experience but yeah like that that might be really difficult if, like, you don't have an... Like, I, I ended up using an Insta to to help myself farm faster at the, at the mm -hmm. very beginning. And if you don't have anything that can help you out, that it might not be even remote. Like, if you don't have, like, the... If you don't have the vengeful knowledge, it might not even be possible to do it, like, at all. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, the Paragons are supposed to help you with that because, um, yeah, like, you're supposed to be farming aggressively to get that levels of cash so the fact that they give you two new towers that can actually rise to the level of like actually making a dent in addition to the the vengeful avatar you know that's it's pretty significant and also <laughs> another thing about the paragons that that's interesting is that there's a paragon degree system where literally the only way to make the pair to buff the paragons at all is when they level up like they gain a certain amount of levels that are based off of the towers that are absorbed into the Paragon. So yeah. basically it all depends on like the amount of money <laughs> that all the towers combined were like ha had costed and also like the amount of pops that they've had. So basically like the longer you wait, the more potentially powerful the Paragon will be for the rest of the game. So like it's right. a very risk reward system where you need to wait as long as possible and you need to, Make sure those guys are up front, like doing majority of the work. If you're, if the, if uh, you're, it's going to make a difference, and so like that that takes like a lot of planning and like think thinking the, the map through like a different way. You know, you have to front load all the damage with the everything that'll be going into the Paragon. You know, mm -hmm. so like that combined with like the ticking time bomb of the boss, you know, like makes it a really interesting strategic experience. I'm grateful that they've kept updating that game. I am not so grateful for the aggressive monetization, but that's another discussion <laughs> entirely. <laughs> that game's been going think, on for freaking ever. Yeah, that's. I think six is a few years old now, but it's not terribly old. They did support five for quite a long time. That's, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah they, they actually they're still making they're still developing for five. They're literally still making new maps and everything. That's insane. 
Oh yeah, they they've always been pretty great about adding things to these ones that you know, not not quite so much the first or the second one, but these ones that were built to be updated. They've always been pretty good about that. And I wasn't when I initially picked up 6, I wasn't sure about the um the switch to the 3D, but I got used to it pretty quick. Um Yeah, the 3D art style is really well done like with yeah. like the with like the proportions of like the the faces, you know, like the shading and like fact mm -hmm. that, like the three D models are literally the exact same as the two D artwork. That that's also nice. Yeah, the and I do like that they brought back some of the older maps and they have newer ones. The only thing that like has stopped me up with this game and given me a little trouble is the new system of um, that that the environment can block you. I'm not I'm still not entirely used to that so I keep trying to default to the strategies I used for years and years with these games but now it's like actually no you cannot shoot through the big tree in the middle of the stage sorry <laughs> Yeah that's uh that's definitely like but it's definitely a very important part like of like of you know like it, there was always like some level of of that like, in play before with like the paths that balloons could go underground and they would be untargetable but you know, right. This is more. It's more like. Uh, this is more like. There, there's like several things that affect it. You know, like there are upgrades for towers that literally remove that restriction of like they can target and shoot through walls after you get the upgrade. And then there's towers that are more useful, like uh, when there's a lot of walls, like flying towers, like a helicopter, yep. and like the mortar, which can shoot everywhere, and the druid or not druid. And the alchemist, which isn't restricted by any sight lines, you know, stuff like that. So right. I think that really like is a genuine part of the strategy. Yeah, and I and I think it was a good choice for them to add that in because I find myself using things that I didn't use as much before. Like I rarely use the planes in older games, but now I use them on a fairly regular basis because of those sight line issues. Yeah, I used to think that like the top path plane was kind of trash because it wasn't very good at just like popping a lot of balloons easily. But mm -hmm. like, but, but after I realized how powerful the Moab missiles were, like, oh yeah, I, I use it all the time now. Mm hmm. All right, should we get into the news? I suppose we shall. <laughs> all right, let's start with the less heavy news. We'll save the the big scary thing for last. Um. So first up, I've got Pokemon Snap and Animal Crossing are both getting updates. So One is bigger than the other. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I mean... update I'll actually get to enjoy for, uh, for like, because I, I just got into it. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, for me, Pokemon Snap is a huge deal because this game is already so good. Mm -hmm. It's really, really well put together. And for them to say... Oh yeah, by the way, we're doing DLC, and it's free. I am so hyped. I'm also hyped because, if you watch the trailer, one of the Pokemon they show is Gyarados. And that's a big deal, because in every single stage, there are Magikarp. And they don't do anything. I wanted one of them to turn into a daggum Gyarados, and it never did. So this is exciting. <laughs> Yeah, my my roommate is also looking forward to it. Do we have a date on it yet or no? August 2nd. It's next week. Ooh, very exciting. It's Tuesday. 
Yeah, it's super exciting. Yep, so I'm I'm hyped for that. I'm hyped because they showed of the three areas, um so there's three new areas, twenty new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um and one of them involves shrinking. Ooh. So you I think it's in the original first, like the trial area, you shrink and you like go into a tree and all of a sudden like, you know, you've got a worm pole that's like sixty feet tall because you're <laughs> tiny. <laughs> that's um, so cute. It looks, and you ride an Amolga. You get to, like, ride a little flying squirrel. It's really cool. That sounds amazing. Um, and then after that, looks like there's a, some sort of river ride where you're either tagging along on a Swampert or you're, like, right behind them. Okay. Um, and the other one is a desert one, which I don't think we've seen a whole lot of footage for. But either way, I am so excited. Yes. This is very like, cool. I would have... This is a game where I would have legitimately paid for a season pass for them to download more stuff. I would have <laughs> completely 100% done it. And so to yeah. know that it's free, gimme, 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 gimme. I am kind of surprised. Like, I'm very happy, but I'm surprised. I expected this to be one where, like, they put it out and they're done with it, you know? Mm-hmm. But to see that getting more content is really cool. And I hope they do more updates after this. Oh, I hope so too. The game this is, is the already okay. good. This game's already substantially longer than the first one was, and mm-hmm. to see it just getting even more content is really cool. Yeah, I got to I got to review this one, which is really fun. And it was just it's I mean, I probably put 25 30 hours in it. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was really fun too because my wife isn't a huge gamer. Like she'll watch what I play and she'll talk about it and she'll put up with me nerding out about news or whatever but Mm -hmm. this is the point where like one night i just gave her the controller and i didn't see her for three hours so (laughs) she just wouldn't stop she's like i want better pictures i'm like please do like i'm not gonna stop you this is awesome honestly i keep getting distracted with other things so i haven't completely finished the game yet i have about probably two-thirds of the areas unlocked but i haven't gotten all of them the cool thing about that is not only have you unlocked not in all the areas but there's also the area uh, the different areas inside of each area, right? And then right. you get to find like the levels up. So, ah, yeah. sorry. And yeah. Do you know the... what another game is that's great for getting people into gaming? Animal Crossing. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. Animal Crossing is also getting an update, a very small update. It's not anything super substantial, which is kind of disappointing. Still no Brewster, still no gyroids. Um, they did show that. Um, I think some of the stuff they've announced so far is there's popsicles. Yes, and there's. Boba tea, I think, are the two things that people are excited about. Yeah, so basically, um, August is their big, like, at night there's fireworks kind of a month. And Mm -hmm. so they are adding in a whole bunch of new little prize things that you can get. Um, Like last year when they did this, they added uh, the balloons and the fireworks and things like that. And so they are adding just more little things like that that give a little spice and flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure people will be very happy about. I'm sure people who haven't played in a few months might come back to it for a little bit. But yeah. I, or I solo who's hmm? I was gonna say or solo who's just been getting deep into the whole oh, turn yeah. up sailing. Yeah, I'm st- I still have a ton of mannequins on my island to try to manipulate the rocks into spawning. Yeah, it's it's taking way too long because there's always like those tiny spots that the rocks can spawn, and they always do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my uh, my roommate's gotten the rail into the stock market, and so she uh, 
she worked she was working as a teacher teaching summer school for the past month and a half and uh for all this talk about how teachers are brainwashing kids to be more liberal or whatever um she did not do that she brainwashed her kids to be incredibly hyped for the olympics (laughs) wait what yeah so my roommate is super into the olympics like uh-huh. she looks forward to it every yeah. time it comes around and so what she did is she um she is was teaching a bold bunch of like kindergarten first grade age kids for summer school uh-huh. and she integrated the olympics into their writing time so like they would watch some clips from old olympics and learn about who's going to be there in the sports and a little bit about the host country and stuff and in the process she made all her kids incredibly hype for the olympics like after it started um they would like all all come in like on monday and they'd be like i saw the gymnastics (laughs) (laughs) like this is what she brainwashed the kids into i guess (laughs) um But she, because she was teaching and it was only a half day, what she would do is she would check the turnip prices before she goes to work, and then she texts them immediately when she gets home. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That's so fabulous. she's had a few good weeks. She bought at one oh one and sold at one eighty two. So nice. That's a tidy profit. Yeah, I was gonna say, I remember. Uh, Good. Yeah, like uh, on. Yeah, I've been getting into like the Discord servers and like finding out the mechanics of a turnip uh, selling, you know, like, and now it's really easy for me to find someone selling for like, like Nook's Cranny for like 300 or 400, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and pe- of course, people look for the coveted 660, which is the absolute maximum. Like, I was, I will still always remember just how crazy people were for New Horizons when that first came out. Oh, so amazing. We, we all just got locked inside. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for them to do an update where they add in the coffee shop. Like, with the fact that they're adding boba tea, I feel like it has to be coming the, down the line soon. Mm-hmm. Looks like Animal, Cro- Animal Crossing on the, is the second best-selling game on the Switch, right? just right behind Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Not surprising. <laughs> not surprising. Yeah, it's sold, mean, like, 9 million more, more copies than Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah. Um... What's it? Uh, Dew Leaf was one of the highest selling ones on the 3DS, so I'm not too surprised to see that. Um, other thing I've got is that Pokemon Live Action series is in development at Netflix. Yeah, that's an interesting choice for them to make, especially yeah. when we found out that the Zelda show was real when they first announced that. For people, people first found out about that. And then it was canceled after people found out about it. So someone's like, everybody shut up if you want to have this show be real. Yeah, well, this is a bit different in that I be- it looks like they did the announcing instead of it being leaked, which mm-hmm. gives me a little more confidence that we'll see this through to the end. I'm kind of worried, though, because we're seeing a lot of... Um, so I'm a big fan of the series One Piece, and we have mm-hmm. heard for years that Netflix is doing the live-action One Piece series. And like yeah. they keep saying it and keep saying it, and it still hasn't come out. Um, that live-action Cowboy Bebop, still not out. Um, live-action Avatar, action. we still don't even have a cast. I love live-action Avatar and other anime adaptations like Dragon Ball Z. 
we're not even going to start talking about Evolution, homeboy. Um, hey, Evolution did one thing. It pissed Toriyama off enough that he came out of retirement. <laughs> it's super because he was so mad. <laughs> Have you ever made something so bad that the original author came out of retirement out of spite? Uh, it just um, makes you wonder like, which one of the Disney live action uh, movies is going to do that. Yeah, which yeah. one's next? Yeah, so I, I I am I am worried that Netflix is getting a little Square Enix and like that they like announcing things but don't like actually putting them out. Uh, but that's fair. I mean, at least my <laughs> my my only caveat with that is we have seen the entire cast of the live action Cowboy Bebop talking about the show, and that's that was fair. pretty recently during the the E three Geek Week thing they had. So at yeah. least there's, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's very different from seeing a full episode or actual trailers or stuff, but at least it says that they know people still want it and that they're going to give information on it eventually. I just want that to be yesterday. Yeah. My, my biggest worry as like someone who's waiting for the One Piece series is that it mm. has taken us so long to get just one season and how notoriously long that series is. Like, are they ever mm-hmm. going to do a second if it takes them this long? But we have seen pictures of a um, of the ship on the back lot somewhere, so we know that is still oh, in progress at least. And I mean, the ship looks fucking nice, so <laughs> I'm at least a little happy about that. But I am, you know, worried. I'm worried about the Avatar one, considering the original creators walked away. I was cautiously optimistic, and now I am hesitantly optimistic maybe it'll be it'll, it'll be just, just as bad as the M. Night Shyamalan one and then they'll and then they'll make him come back nothing <laughs> there is no movie in Boston say nothing can be as bad as that one like no matter legit. what it cannot be as bad as the Shyamalan movie because at it least this some, is a series yeah it would take some effort to be as bad as the Shyamalan movie yeah, because at least this won't be trying to shove an entire season and a half into one, uh, an entire season into an hour and a half, and it won't have, well, I don't want to speak too soon, but I'm hoping it won't have Katara asking what Aang's name is after they've already been traveling with him for a while. My name's yeah. Aang. <laughs> <laughs> no! Yeah. No! <laughs> Soka. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know how they fucked that up. Like, it's not like this is a book where people have different interpretations of how the names are pronounced. It's a literal show. You can hear them pronounce each other's names constantly. Uh, like Pokemon? Yes. No one, no one pronounces those names incorrectly. I feel like someone calling him Pikachu. You're like, no! There's been 25 years of this! Like, some of the <laughs> rarer Pokemon that don't show up, as much like Arceus, I see debates on how that's pronounced all the time, but that's because nobody watched yeah. the fucking Arceus movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, one, t- one time I heard someone say it was Arceus, which makes some sense, but I just, I just yeah. can't get my mind away from the... Well, because that makes some sense because of, like, Arcane and, like, but the one that I, I never will respect is Ar- Arceus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, at least nope, it doesn't put nope, nope. Per, uh, at least doesn't put emphasis on the R's. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I mean, some people online do. 
You know, oh, like I have not. not gone looking, but you know it's got to exist. People want to fuck Gardevoir real bad, despite the fact that most Gardevoirs are male. And also, the fact uh, that it's, um, okay, I'm not going to that. <laughs> we already did enough of that in that. In that one All right. Episode. Um. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I shouldn't have made that joke, considering what our next Speaking subject of is. Comments, let's talk uh, about yeah. Activision. Yeah. Okay. So, um. We're discussing this like a week after the initial thing has happened. And so basically the state of California is suing Activision Blizzard because they are shit to their female employees is what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, It's just, they it kind of pissed me off because every headline has said that the, which like this is in the wording of the lawsuit as well, but that it they are... Um, the place has a problem with frat boy culture, which mm-hmm. I think really fucking downplays how awful things are over there. Yeah, like, um, as we talked just a day or two ago, they there was a walkout and it was fucking massive. Mm-hmm. Like that tells you how bad things are over there, and yeah. the the statements they have given have been awful. <laughs> Yeah. Like, absolutely dog shit. Like, but, it's so, bad. Here's, here's the thing that's crazy about it, too, is, like, every step that Activision Blizzard makes to try to say, hey, this is inaccurate, this is not how we do things, just everyone comes back and says, well, this mountain of evidence I have, including emails and 1,500 testimonials from other employees, says you're a lying horse garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, Jeez, mm-hmm. like, how bad do you have to be when everyone who hasn't worked at your company in, shall we say, 10 years says, no, 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 I'm not going to put up with this. Well, Jeez. the worst part is the way that they have been trying to spin it, which thankfully everyone has been seeing through. Um, basically, it was either their first or second statement. I don't remember exactly which one it was. Um, but one of their statements basically spent the entire first half talking just about Blizzard and how this is, like, blah, blah, blah. And then it was only near the end that they started at mentioning Activision as in a this before the merger, this was a problem, but now that Activision's here, it's not a problem anymore. And it's like, yeah. um, bullshit! <laughs> yes, seriously. Bullshit. So yeah, so it's everything from Terrible sexual harassment of female employees to uh, inconsistent pay for female and minority employees. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire upper echelons of the staff is w- white men, basically. Like mm-hmm. anyone who's not a white man rarely gets there, and if they do, they don't stay there very long. Like yeah, there's stories of people who are like you know they would say guy would come from drinking all night long, put all the work on. The all like the one woman on the team and then play games all day, like it's just yeah. it's it's nothing. Everything you read there will make you at least a little bit angry, if not straight up, what the frick is happening? Kind yeah, of it's angry. inexcusable and like. <laughs> so I understand that we are part of the quote unquote games industry technically, um, mm-hmm. but I think it says a lot that a lot of these outlets that are still covering Ubisoft games after everything that went down at Ubisoft have said that they are not going to be covering Activision Blizzard games for at least the rest of the year, possibly longer. 
And mm-hmm. I think that is a really cool move on the part of review teams. Um, and I think that sells. <laughs> like, we get let the link games industry get away with a lot sometimes. And I think that mm-hmm. really sells how big of a deal it is. Though it is unfortunate that when you have a massive group of people coming forward and sharing their stories and explaining what's happened to them in the Ubisoft situation, they aren't taken as seriously as when the government got involved and did a lawsuit here. Mm -hmm. Like, this is somehow more legitimate complaints. Yeah. It's, um, the interesting thing I found out as well, so people are like, wow, it really sucks that the entire state of California is is suing them for this. And I was just like, well, that seems really strange for them just to come out and do this. And apparently the deal is that the investigations into Ubisoft Blizzard together have been about two years. Uh-huh. And they finally got enough information to come together and say, we have a lawsuit against you. This is bad times. And on top Which... of that, come to, come to find out, this is also, in the sidelines, happening to Riot Games as well. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So yeah. this is this is a big reckoning happening, and I'm kind of happy to see it. Yes. Um, ho- I don't want to say hopefully, because we've seen this happen before, and it never gets any fucking better. Mm-hmm. But hopefully this makes some companies clean up their shit. Like, this is also coming back off the back of the whole um, Quantic Dream situation. Like, there is a lot of bullshit. <laughs> and, um... Uh, I, I saw this video <laughs> where it was, um, like, chronicling things women complained about while working in game development uh, okay. in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and it was literally her saying the exact same thing every time. Like, it has mm-hmm. not gotten any better, which is really fucking unfortunate. Um, though I must say, there it is not just women who were sexually harassed. There have been accounts of men who, like, were in terrible situations with harassment as well. There was mm-hmm. a lot of, um, like, unwanted crotch grabbing, things like that. It's not just mm-hmm. women. Women just are the majority of the cases in this situation. It was happening to just about everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so... a terrible situation. And the newest development is that uh, Activision and Blizzard have hired the firm Wilmer Hale. Which, um, if union you don't buster. know, yeah, they're union busters. If you don't know who they are, they are who Amazon hired to try and bust their unions when they, people oh. started getting them really. Yeah, so oh, they are. Good. Yeah, so clearly they're unfortunately effective. But, um, yeah, so when you have to hire basically Pinkertons to deal with yep. the fact that people <laughs> at your work are upset, like, you're not the good guy. <laughs> hey, all I gotta do is tell the employees, hey guys, it's gonna be just like Bioshock Infinite in real life. Yeah. yeah well, did you ever hear? So apparently, I did not know this until a few years back, but the Pinkertons are still around. Yes. They, they are still around. And they were very upset and I believe tried to sue Rockstar over their portrayal in Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> I'm sorry that your family has been notoriously villains for your entire existence. How dare we show that to the world? Yeah, right. reminds, me of, reminds me of Animal Farm. Hey, why do you have to portray the totalitarians as pigs? That's kind of rude. <laughs> yeah. It's, um... Yeah, if you have to hire that, it's, you're not the good guys. Um, 
I didn't, I don't have it here, unfortunately, to reference, but I know that the, there was an open letter that a whole bunch of employees signed. I want to say what it was definitely over a thousand, possibly edging up or over 2000. It was a lot, um, mm-hmm. current and former. And the, there were demands for the walkout. There was, um, obviously we want the situation of how things are run to stop. And also, I believe they wanted um, some form of database-like structure in order to be more transparent about who is getting paid what, which I think is mm-hmm. also very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything they're saying is pretty reasonable, Activision. Uh, why are you hiring union busters if everything they're saying is reasonable? Like My other favorite thing about it, too, was that they're like, hey, we're hiring these union busters, to which even the uh, <laughs> the people who were doing the walkout were like, we haven't talked about a union, but yeah. maybe we should. <laughs> like, yes, you should. You should definitely do that. Yeah, especially I, I honestly think that especially at these bigger game companies, like these massive massive ones, um, there should be more unionization. I know, like, unionization is paddled around as a very scary thing here in the United States, at least, but uh, mm-hmm. unions are good. They protect you, or at least as much as they're allowed to, as long as they're not legally stripped of everything they can do. That's my roommate's obviously in a... Yeah, my roommate's obviously in a teacher union, but we're in a state where the unions aren't legally allowed to strike. That's so, not how unions work. That's... that's what? Yeah, so, um... <laughs> the governor before the current one was an asshat and there was a recall election over this because the teachers were pissed. Um, they took away their collective bargaining rights. Yeah, for real. Like, it it was a big deal and um, we saw the ramifications of that this year with COVID when a lot of the teachers were really upset about how the schools districts wanted them back in school and were like, no, it's not safe yet, but they were made to do it anyway. Yeah. And and so we have seen teachers fleeing their jobs because it, they're clearly not being listened to and taken seriously. So um unions are good. <laughs> um yeah, I'm worried about people at Blizzard because it's a case where HR is definitely not there to help them. It's t- they're there to protect the company. Yeah. The the most recent thing I saw was that they were saying, "Hey, you know, we're willing to uh pay you overtime if you go out and do the walkout. Like, no, that's a way for you to write down names so you can fight back later. Like, nobody wanted it. Nobody took it. I mean, so it's right. just ugly, ugly, ugly stuff coming to light. And it's even yeah. funnier because every time someone's like, there was one guy, I can't remember his name. It'll come to me eventually, but this one guy was like, I hope that everyone who worked under me realized that I was an ally. I was there to help them, and then I was definitely trying my best, and sometimes I might have failed them. And then there's just this mountain of photographic evidence of him being just as bad as everyone else, if not worse. You're like, oh my gosh, dude, come on. Why is it always the guys who think that they're the good guy that have the worst shit? Yeah, Um, it's just... It's amazing. The thing that pissed me off the most is... um, I forget the exact term for it. I want to say it was like forced arbitration or whatever. Um, Basically, 
HR would, if you had an issue with your coworker, require you instead of like taking it to an outside deal to come mm -hmm. and sit down and talk it out with that coworker. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no world in which that makes the victims feel safe. Yeah. Like, none at all. And it's just, it's such a bad situation. Like, I know I've said that a lot, but it's, it's bad. <laughs> but it's, I mean, so we talked about how terrible everything is and it will continue to get worse and more worse things will show up. Oh yeah. But it's, in, it's, in, it's interesting to see Activision's responses a few days before this came to light and a few days afterwards. Oh. So I talked about this last week in yesterday's news. Um, the article that I do every week for people who aren't knowledgeable on that. Um, but it's a, uh, so, like a day before this hit the fan, Activision announces, hey, for $10 less than Mario 3D Collection, we're releasing four uh, Crash Bandicoot games and Crash Team mm -hmm. Racing in all one package. You're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, wait. I see what you're doing. Apparently, mm -hmm. uh, Overwatch was going to release a new map on their private, on like their testing servers. Yes. And they stopped that, which was interesting. I don't know if that was either on Blizzard's part or whatever. Um, so obviously halted. we're not inside of Blizzard, but all the word coming out of Blizzard is basically Overwatch has stalled because mm -hmm. people are so pissed off. Yeah, I'm like, not surprised. Everyone's in a tizzy. Literally nothing is getting done. And like, I know the way that these corporate building blocks can tumble real fucking easy if there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, um, my office had a round of layoffs and, mm -hmm. uh, at one point. And the day it happened, nobody knew it was coming, obviously, because they didn't want anyone freaking out and, like, doing anything stupid. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was the day that it happened, they started calling in people in the morning and by, like, 10.30, word had gotten around what was happening. And mm -hmm. so the entire office was deathly quiet. There were people, like, huddled together in corners, like, crying because either they'd lost their job or one of their really close friends had lost their job. And, mm -hmm. like, it was... Oh, it was terrible. Nothing got done that day. And mm -hmm. that was just for one corporate restructuring layoff. This is much bigger and much worse than that. Mm -hmm. Nothing is getting done at Blizzard right now. Yeah. So, it'll be fun... It'll be fun from an outsider perspective to watch this all continue to hit the fan and to see more people get called out. I live for this kind of stuff. This is great. I love seeing comeuppances come that are way overdue. So, I think my favorite unintended consequence I had seen is that Hearthstone has a big update and expansion coming up soon. Mm -hmm. And there was a ticker that counted down on one of the modes, like, how long until the, like, rankings reset, because it resets with uh -huh. the expansion. Yeah. And it went from being less than two weeks until reset to, it now says, over a month until reset. <laughs> the... Yeah, so clearly that's probably gotten delayed, too. Like, it's not... <laughs> no updates. No updates anywhere. <laughs> Uh, also, I, I'd like to touch on the. I'd like to touch on uh, Skyward Sword HD. Uh, I haven't sure. bought it myself, but like the fan reception has been interesting to me because 
Like there are actually two YouTubers I know of that um, in particular that have covered both Mario 3D All-Stars Collection and Skyward Sword HD, uh, King mm -hmm. K, uh, and Nero. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. I think, so yeah, Nero, uh, he, he's actually also infamous for uh, making a video about uh, a, a re-release of a Zelda, a 3D Zelda game. You know, you, have mm -hmm. either of you seen that thumbnail where uh -huh. it's like Majora's Moon, but like it looked it with combined with like the the ugly background dancer in Jabba's Palace, and it looks like looks like trash on purpose. Yes, no. I think I have. Yeah, yeah, he's the same guy who made that video about Majora's Mask 3D, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, he said that Skyward Sword, like they both said that Skyward Sword HD is is pretty great overall. Like it's a uh, it's a good product because like it's. Like the main point that they made is that it's actual competition with like emulation and like the previous old copies of the game. You know, like like you could play, you could play Skyward Sword, like theoretically, like theoretically there could be like a 60 FPS patch in Dolphin and some someday, and mm -hmm. like and you could like there's HD texture mods and you can up the resolution, but like. There's so much more that was changed, like the extra skipping text and like characters that don't talk to you an extra time in the tutorial and like other things being optional in general and like the option to map everything perfectly to buttons. Like that, mm -hmm. that stuff just doesn't come immediately with an emulator. You need to like go into the ROM and like change uh, data very like, like, yeah, it's it's not something that's just that people just do. So like the fact that Skyward Sword HD is actually like a a much more appealing option because of all the ex like all the extra changes that it makes you know it's uh, that makes it like a good re-release you know and that like not necessarily still not necessarily worth sixty dollars but still it's good yeah it's good. yeah I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of good things about it and it makes me remember that as much crap as I want to give Skyward Sword for like fighting the imprisoned a million times and Fi never shutting up like it's a it's a pretty good Zelda game. Like yep. for every yeah, like, frustrating moment, there's there's that boss fight where I get to rip off the limbs of a giant machine and beat it to death with its own sword. Like that's probably the greatest moment in the whole game. Yeah, like one of the things that they did is like they added full manual camera control, which makes that boss way less stupid. Oh because, yeah, for real. And also like the they make uh, Fi like basically like completely optional outside of like vital story scenes with her. Mm -hmm. And they removed some time a few places where Fi just. Or five feet. I forgot. But yeah, whatever. They removed several times where she literally just repeats something an NPC just said. Something. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. She just repeats it. They removed a few of those. So that's cool. Nice. Uh, I didn't <laughs> have this on the list, but I do have one more thing we could talk about that's not necessarily big news, but it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um. So I obviously I would presume both of you are familiar with the fact that The Last of Us Two is something that exists, correct? For sure. Are you aware of the Reddit culture around The Last of Us 2? I do I want to know? Am I going to learn something today? Uh, I guess you might learn something today. Um, okay, so you remember how Last of Us 2 had that big leak situation? It was a bad time all around, and some people mm -hmm. got ridiculously angry over the game without playing it? Mm -hmm. um, so when that happened, the original Last of Us subreddit went to lockdown to prevent people from spoiling people all over the fucking place because... When you're angry, you spam spoilers at people who don't want to be spoiled and are excited about the game, I guess. And so, um, in response to that, a bunch of 
big babies went and created The Last of Us 2 subreddit. And okay. basically, I thought you were going to say a bunch of big babies created The Last of Us 2. No, like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no um, so they created their own subreddit that's instead of being The Last of Us series subreddit, it's The Last of Us 2 subreddit. And basically, okay. all they do there is post nonsense and bullshit about how the game is so awful it's the worst thing ever it completely ruins the first it took a big shit on it all this like mm -hmm. stuff and of course that given these things that are in the game that has manifested in a lot of um homophobia transphobia really shitty behavior towards these characters mm -hmm. and like i know they're real not real people but like it's still pretty yikes um so one of their big targets is a channel called Girlfriend Reviews. Are either of you familiar with them? I've heard the I've heard of it. I've never I've heard I've seen one the YouTube poop featuring them, so maybe. Yeah, so it's this um this couple, they're a really cute couple, um, Matt and Shelby, and basically what it is is um when they got together, she was not a huge gamer, but he was, and she got kind of annoyed hearing him open the map sound in Zelda breath of the wild over okay. and over and over and over again and so they did a cute little joke video that was um breath of the wild but reviewed from the girlfriend's perspective living with someone who plays it okay and as a result they've turned this into a whole thing and she she also plays games and she plays more than she used to actually and what it basically is, is they work as a team to create a comedic review of the vi of games. <laughs> and um, they became a target of vitriol for this subreddit because they liked The Last of Us, too. Oh, and, good. Yeah, and so basically they had put out two videos. One that was a review of the actual game and one that was about understanding the story of it, given that the situation around the game was pretty fucking awful at the time. Mm -hmm. And, like, when they made the review, they used some hyperbolic language for the sake of, you know, being poetic and shit, but mm -hmm. th these people took that literally and took it as, like, uh, if you didn't like the game, you have no soul, <laughs> is what oh. was taken out of it. <laughs> like, but basically what they had said in the video was, if you came out of the end of the game still hating Abby and wanting to kill her... You may have won the game that you're playing with your controller, but you lost the game that they but you lost the game that Naughty Dog was playing with your soul. Is basically what they said. Yeah. And so, like, a little over the top and hyperbolic, but it's like that's how you write when you're writing poetic shit. Like, mm -hmm. they're not saying everyone who disliked the game has no soul. Yeah. Well, someone posted like and they put these reviews out back when the game came out so it's been like a year they posted a, a comment that they had been sent or a message they had been sent by a fan of the youtube channel telling like making death threats telling them they're a shitty person blah 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 all this stuff and so like they were like how dare they cultivate this in their audience see they're out to get us blah 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 right mm-hmm um, if you go to Matt and Shelby's channel, there is a great review, uh, not a great review, a great video that they put out in which they were like, well, we want to know what's going on here because that's not what we want in our audience, right? Yeah. And they found that the person had sent the threat to themselves. 
for the purpose of posting it. (laughs) And so um, they had said this on Twitter, like, hey, we'll explain what we found. And of course, the subreddit was like, no, that's not true. Obviously, someone did this, blah, blah, blah. And they, uh, the video comes out, they explain their logic. And it was actually pretty interesting. It uh, concerned finding a Polish developer and um, some improper punctuation. Okay. But, <laughs> but basically, the case they laid out, while it's not like going to stand up in a court of law, it is mm. enough to be like make it clear, like, yeah, this happened. This is what happened. It's pretty fucking obvious. And so the subreddit has now gone into lockdown and they <laughs> scrubbed all their most awful shit and then opened it back up and are trying to spin it as um they we tried to reach out to them, but the post we they said the post we made wasn't like praising enough of them when it was really like the post they made was like saying they might not this might have been what happened but who knows in order to be like someone might have actually still sent a death threat to someone on our subreddit how dare they (laughs) (laughs) and so it's it's a really interesting situation about how shitty people can be in gaming sometimes ugh I hate the internet. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I quit Twitter. Yeah, it's a good call. That's a good call. That's a good call. Uh, I got in an argument with someone on Twitter, and I regret it. Over the whole... Yeah, it was over Simone Biles dropping out of the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Basically, they were saying if she was a real champion, she would have gone through with it. And I'm sitting here like, bro, if she fucks up, she can break her neck. If she's not in the right headspace, she should not be doing things. Yeah, I she mean, also this, has this moves person named just, after her. This person just yeah. turned 90, but I think they should be in a little bit, because again, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I mean, we still got silver, so what are you on <laughs> about, bro? We still got silver, and Suni Lee got gold. Like I literally don't know yeah. anything about the Olympics, so just just, just mute me, oh, forever, yeah. please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Olympics have been fun. That's all there is to say. Um, there was yep. a lot. We didn't have a show last week, so I guess we could mention that there was a lot of video game music at the Olympics. There was Chrono Trigger music. It was so sick. There was yeah, Kingdom that's, Hearts that's music. Oh, yeah, there was. I've, uh, yeah, apparently the entire Kingdom Hearts collection, like, for PS4 was, for, was like, half off for a while. Oh, that's so the cheapest was, free, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I, actually, I actually bought it for, like, when I get a PS5 someday, like, probably in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> well worth it. It is a good collection, though you still am gonna are going to have to make sure to do some reading on the mobile game after you get to a certain point, because the mobile Wait, game was made important. Isn't there cutscenes from the... From it, I, th- I thought that like they had like cutscenes from like every important game. So everything, it has everything except for Union Cross. Uh, Union Cross. They made a movie that's um, well, it actually, it's a movie that covers some of the basics, but does not cover quite everything. It's worth giving the plot of the mobile game a skim over once you bef- at, just before you play three, because it does come in to importance there. Um, 
you, you can understand what's going on without doing that, so it's not super vital, but it does help and give context to some of the things going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of interesting music choices at the Olympics. I'm still upset that we did not see Pikachu at the opening ceremonies. Like, that is what I was promised when the Prime Minister came out of a Mario pipe in Rio. Okay, apparently there's actually some context behind that. Apparently, uh, when that happened, uh, President Abe was uh, not very thrilled about that concept. Because uh. he was like, there's more in Japan than video games. And apparently... It was reported last week that Nintendo was supposed to be a huge part of this event. And they uh, must have changed those plans over the last three years because uh, that did not happen. Basically, what happened is after the COVID situation, they decided to go oh. for a more sedate and more timely opening ceremony, which oh. I do not blame them for. But have you heard how the original opening ceremony was supposed to start? No, tell me, tell me, tell me. Do you, I, I presume you're aware of the film Akira? I am, yes. Originally, it was going to start with the main character of Akira on the motorcycle, zooming out into the field, going around it several times while the projections at the top of the theater turned it into the skyline of Neo-Tokyo. That would have been sick as hell! And then it was going to have, like, a projection on, like, the floor or whatever that said, Welcome to Neo-Tokyo 2020. Uh, and uh, that was how their man. opening ceremony was going to start. That was going to be so sick! <laughs> yeah, like, it, it was apparently supposed to be just, like, steeped in their pop culture and all this cool stuff. Like, we've seen at, the, like, the London Olympics, where they managed to reunite the yeah. Spice Girls and shit like that. Did a whole bunch and, of, like, Mary Poppins stuff, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but all that got scrapped in order to create something more sedate, more timely, and with less people involved in order to limit mm -hmm. spread because we have seen cases popping up at the olympics already oh yeah but my but they made up for it a bit the entire parade of nations was set to video game music which was fantastic great stuff in there yeah it was excellent there was and it was a lot of variety too um and a lot of the uh events when they like show the opening of the event and when they're like starting and stuff there is um, the Attack on Titan theme song played during archery. The Haiku <laughs> song played during volleyball. Nice! <laughs> the Japanese volleyball uniforms are black yeah. with orange like Haiku. Nice, nice. Like, it, it is an obvious reference, but it's subtle enough that they can just, like, roll with it. Um, so cool. My hope is that the closing ceremony will be more fun and pop culture mm -hmm. in order to like counterbalance the opening ceremony, but I'm not like counting on it. They could, mm -hmm. they very much seem to be going for like a respectful thing, which is, I understand, but I am still disappointed because I was so excited for Tokyo to do the Olympics because I knew they'd turn out some good shit. It was going to be so good. It was. Um, yeah, like, honestly, I have not seen Pikachu once, and I'm shocked. Yeah, I know, right? Like, give me, before one of the track events, give me it demonstrated with the people in the Pikachu and Eevee costumes that are, like, bulbous and bouncy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see Pikachu throw a javelin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's an entire Mario and Sonic 
Olympic series of games. Like, how is there nothing with Mario and Sonic at the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, I want I want to see someone in a Bowser costume do ice skating. <laughs> That's the winter. Also doing judo. Oh crap! If you did in the lower hemisphere. I am. But I'm saying is Japan to the Olympics again next year. Yeah, clearly. I, I was actually absolutely thrown when I realized that the Winter Olympics are six months away because of the That's, delay. It's weird. And it's in Beijing. Oh, huh. Oh, mm, oh no. <laughs> part of me is like, oh no, because sociopolitical reasons. But part of me is like, oh yay, because their opening ceremonies in 2008 were fucking awesome. <laughs> they were pretty awesome. My my big worry about that is like, just don't. Just don't have another COVID outbreak. Just please don't. Please don't. Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. I don't think I'd be able to function if the Winter Olympics got pushed back. Because, God damn, do I want to watch them ice skating and curling. <laughs> okay. I have fun stories about curling, but that's not for a gaming podcast. Just know that at one point <laughs> I was on a choir retreat in Canada during the World Curling Championships. And it was nice. majestic. Um, my favorite thing about curling is that the team, the U.S. team that won the gold last time around, just mm-hmm. looks like a bunch of dads who were doing it <laughs> on the weekend and things got out of hand. That's so good. And oh, now I, I need I need a TV series about that. Like, oops, we <laughs> accidentally went to the Olympics. <laughs> we should probably oh. wrap it up there. We're getting That's way fair. off topic. <laughs> Um, All right. So, drop your details. All right, uh, real quick. I am Kevin Orm, SML Captain on Twitter. Um, I am the guy who does all the yesterday's news, which, by the way, you should totally read. And uh, I'm actually in charge of our weekly digest, like our featured article we do every Saturday, talking about um, okay. sorry Sunday. My apologies. And it's specifically called the non-Earthbound games that need to be on the Switch online. Because yes. there's a lot of Super Nintendo games that people keep forgetting about. I am looking forward to reading it. Good, because I'm sick and tired of thinking about the fact that Nintendo only dropped Claymates on their surface. <laughs> Sorry. I don't like Claymates. <laughs> breathe. I will breathe. Yeah, next, to they'll, they'll make Balls 3D. Oh, no, no, no! I actually specifically talk about them in the article that we don't need Bubbles 3D. <laughs> it's so bad. But I own supposed, it. I have are the cartridge. To, are they supposed to fulfill their like poor ladies games and no one wants to play quota? <laughs> just give me Captain Novelin. Yeah, I just want to learn about diabetes. Solo, you have a SoundCloud. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't post anything on it right now, but you know, maybe someday. <laughs> I do have well, some cool uh, there, yeah, I'm at Mel Curtis on Twitter, and then of course, as always, the website is, Twitter is BDG underscore UK, where you can find everything from everyone, not just the people whose voices you've heard for the past however long this has been. I didn't keep track, <laughs> and um, but that's about it. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.